Hey y'all, hey, welcome to Crime Time with the Fine Dime. I'm your crime plug, Charlie J, and I'm here to give you all the details of some of the most interesting crimes. Let's dive into this episode. Y'all, we have a crazy case today. Today we are going to be talking about a man who killed his family twice. Y'all, he had the opportunity to kill his family twice. And I know y'all got a lot of questions because, honey, I had several, okay? And I'm going to give y'all all the details and, well, all the details I could find on this case. And hopefully y'all enjoy this episode. So let's dive in. We are talking about Gregory Green. Um, it's not a lot on his backstory. All I was able to find is that he was born December 10th, 1966. And like I said, there's not a lot on his backstory, but from court proceedings, it seems that he came from a loving home with both parents. His mother expressed a lot of love for him, his parents, and he does have a sister that I know of. But this man is known for killing his family twice. So we are going to discuss all the details. So let's go ahead and talk about his first wife, Miss Tanya Clayton Green. Or her real full name, I believe is Lil Tanya, but she was known by family and friends as Tanya. She was a mother of two from a previous relationship. Um, she married him. She married Gregory Green in July of 1989. And Tanya Green, I'm sorry, Tanya Clayton was known for being church going, kind, fun loving, and just having a big, beautiful heart. She was a beautiful woman. I posted pictures of everyone on my social medias on a Facebook discussion group as well as my Instagram and TikTok. Just search Crime Time with the Fine Dime on everything. You'll be able to find it all. But she said that Gregory Green, after they got married, switched from being the person he was when they were dating. She said he became, like, very abusive. She honestly believed that he was abusing drugs because something made him snap because she, she felt like this wasn't a person that I knew before. This, not, this isn't the person that I agreed to marry and spend my life with. So she was trying to go. Tanya Green was trying to leave this toxic relationship, get her babies, and book it. She planned on packing the bag, after church, getting her clothes, and leaving. And then, y'all, she was six months pregnant. Like, she's trying to protect her babies, protect herself, and get out. So, she told her best friend that she was going to leave. But, unfortunately, she never got the chance to leave because that was the last time her best friend talked to her. On July 14th, 1991, when Tanya Green, I'm sorry, again, Tanya Clayton came home from church, Gregory stabbed his pregnant wife to death, and her youngest daughter had cerebral palsy, but she wasn't home at the time, thankfully. Her oldest daughter, Danielle, hid in the closet. While her mother was being murdered, she hid. I don't know if she ran and hid. Her mama made her hide, but she hid away to, you know, be protected. 
And she was, she had to listen to her mother get brutally murdered, as well as her unborn sibling. Like, I didn't know it didn't say if it was a boy or a girl, but she definitely was having a baby, about to have a baby. And then, y'all, this was so freaking sad. Now, both of her children were unharmed, so they are still living from what I understand. I really didn't look up an update on them because, I mean, they're, look, I'm, I'm going to let them live their life. They done been through enough. But her cousin, Monica Johnson, y'all, I wanted to cry when she said that the last stab wound to Tanya Green was to the baby's heart. And that's what killed the baby. That's what, like, just completely killed the baby instantly. And in 1992, he tried to use the insanity plea, but he ended up pleading no contest. And he was found guilty of second-degree murder and was sentenced to 15 to 25 years in prison. Y'all, it's just crazy to me that he called the police and sat on the porch and just waited, like... If that's not a crazy person, honey, I don't know what he is, but he also knew exactly what he was doing. Now, while in prison, he saw a familiar face that, you know, came to the prison to do outreach. It was actually Mr. I'm sorry, Pastor Fred Harris. He's a well-known pastor in the Detroit area, and he's known for doing his outreach in prison. And he actually knew Gregory Green. Like I said, he was a friendly face. He knew Gregory Green from his past. So I guess he felt like, you know, I see this familiar face in prison. I can't believe, you know, somebody that I knew is in this situation. Let me go see what I can do to help him. You know, trying to do what he felt he thought was right, being a pastor and, you know, being a man of God. So he started working closely with Gregory Green, you know, trying to help him out, get him back together. And after working with him for so long, he felt that Gregory Green learned from what he did and that he was remorseful and understood what he did. But others say that Green never showed any remorse for what he did. Like the parole board said he didn't show remorse for what he did, like... He's not showing any regret for killing his first wife and his unborn child and putting two other children through the ringer. Like, there's no telling how this affected them mentally. But Harris still lobbied for his parole. Um, maybe they had some more intimate discussions, you know, where he showed more remorse. I don't know. But he wrote multiple letters to the parole board in hopes of getting Gregory Green released. And these are direct quotes from the letters. The direct quote states, Gregory and I were friends before his mishap and he was incarcerated. He was a member of our church. I feel he's paid for his unfortunate lack of self-control and the damage he has caused as much as possible and is sorry. If he was to be released, he would be welcomed as part of our church community and whatever we could do to help him adjust, we would. I really don't like the word mishap describing this murder, but <laughs> that's the word he used. But he felt that he learned from his mishap, heavy on the air quotes. Now, Gregory Green was denied parole four times because, like I said, the parole board was like, 
sir, you not showing any remorse. Like, do you even feel bad for hurting, stabbing, murdering your wife and your baby? Do you feel bad for leaving two other children without a mother? Like, and she was the primary caregiver for her daughter with cerebral palsy. Like, you left a special needs child without a mother. Like, they was like, you're not showing any remorse, sir. So we're going to keep denying you until you get it together. So they denied him twice in 2004 and twice in 2006. Now, his parents and his sister, like I said, he came from a loving home. They were lobbying for his release to writing constant letters, trying to get him out, saying, you know, he has a home with the parents. He has a church family, which he does. And they even had a job lined up for him once he was released. Honestly, y'all, um, the only thing that was holding him back was the fact that he showed no remorse because he didn't really get in trouble while he was in prison. He only got in trouble once. And I was looking at a YouTube video with, um, I believe her name is Christina Randall. She said that he got in trouble for fighting over the TV. And that's about it. Other than that, did he really get into anything? They said he showed positive behavior while in prison. Like he was going to church, you know, in prison, talking to the pastors, taking classes, staying out of trouble, just serving his time. So after 16 years in prison, he was released on parole in 2008. Now, after his release, y'all, he started dating somebody. I don't know how soon after his release. But it had to be pretty soon because they got married too. He started dating somebody named Faith Harris. Now, I know you heard Faith Harris has the same exact last name as Fred Harris. And that is because that's his daughter. Faith Harris is the daughter of Pastor Fred Harris. She is also a mother of two. Now, she has two big kids. She has teenagers. Actually, one of them graduated from, um, I guess, like a vocational type school. It's called Specs Howard School of Broadcasting. And he graduated with a certificate in digital media arts. He was trying to become a producer. And Kara Allen... She was, you know, an upperclassman. Uh, she's known for being a go-getter, an honor student, and she was a cheerleader. And Faith Harris ended up marrying Gregory Green in 2010. So, like I said, he was released 2008, and they married 2010. So, I don't know. They had to pre be dating, like, pretty soon after his release. And Fred Harris officiated the wedding. I did find an article where, you know, it said that Faith Harris and um, Gregory Green went to high school together. But I only found one article. So I don't know how true it is. And I'm also getting conflicting information on if she knew about his past or not. But I'm just going to say this, y'all. And I know y'all probably thinking the same thing. If her daddy lobbied for his release, he must have told her about it. 
you know, you a PK. Y'all usually do Sunday dinners together. Y'all probably talk about what's going on, what y'all getting into and, you know, what's going on with life. And I'm sure he probably, like, disgusted at the dinner table. Like, look, I'm trying to help this man get out of prison. He did this, but I feel like he learned. You know, I'm sure it, it came across. You know, it, it came up. And I'm just finding it hard to believe that she didn't know. But, you know, I'm not going to victim blame because the person that is the monster here is Gregory Green. So, we just going to keep it at that. Now, after they were married, they had two beautiful daughters together, Miss Kaylee. And she was known for enjoying ballet. I think both baby girls did ballet, but Kaylee really enjoyed it. And she loved singing, so she was a little performer. And Coy Green loved playing dress up and being the center of attention too. So, you know, they she had two little performers on her hands. And y'all, unfortunately, we know the saying, history repeats itself. So, you know what? I said he killed his family twice. And history repeated itself, unfortunately. After they were married, he did a switch up again. I don't know what it is about saying I do with this man, but apparently it, it turns on the switch in his head that, or turns off a switch because he become a little crazy. He became abusive to Faith as well. And now she never reported any physical abuse, but we all know abuse is abuse in all forms. And it's, it's, hard on any human being to experience emotional verbal physical abuse any type of abuse it's it's terrible she filed for a protection order and part of it stated this is a direct quote too he jumped at me like he was going to attack me this went on for hours he was being belligerent kicking things threatening me and saying if i didn't leave things were going to get ugly now, if you look at Faith Green, she doesn't seem like a short woman. She looks pretty average height, but she's still petite. Like, she's a small woman. Not saying she's weak, but, you know, in stature, Gregory Green towers over her, and he's a big guy. So, bucking at her and threatening her, I'm sure, was terrifying, especially with her babies there. Now, even though she applied for this personal protection order, she didn't get it. She was denied in February 2013, and she didn't state anything about his previous crime. But you know what my thought was is, even though she didn't state anything about his previous crime, like, don't they look that up? Like, don't they look people up, whoever the protection order is against and who is, whoever is putting the protection order in? I don't know. I try to look it up, y'all, but somebody let me know. A police officer, you know, somebody who handles these type of things, whoever works in the legal world, let a girl know because I'm highly confused. Because if I come for a personal protection order, I'm going to need that thing granted. I don't care what I ain't put on that paper. I put on this paper... That he was being belligerent and my babies were under attack. So, help us sister out. But, let me know. Now, Faith ended up filing for divorce. However, she stopped the process the first time 
I don't know, but you know, like I said, abusive relationships are starting to mess with your mind. Maybe he, you know, tried to show a little more affection toward her and, you know, did a little change because neighbors were saying, you know, they was going out on picnics, playing outside, you know, doing the stuff they see families do that's happy and in love. But I guess it still wasn't enough, which I don't blame Faith, honey, try to get out when you can she ended up filing for divorce again and she was actually going through the process this time like she was determined to get out this time and family and friends believe this is what truly like put the nail in the coffin because he they felt like he thought she was having an affair while getting a divorce she never confirmed or denied this, but why should she? I don't demand crazy regardless. I, I just feel like whether she was or not, he was going to do something crazy anyway. So I guess when the clock struck midnight, September 21st, 2016, Gregory Green got up and he was like, well, today is the day. I'm choosing violence today. So early that morning, he took faith. And bound her with duct tape and zip ties in the basement of their home. He then shot her in her feet. I don't know if it was just one foot or both feet, but either way, he shot her there. Beat her. They said he stabbed her. And she has like a big gash on her face. He slashed her face with a box cutter from ear to chin. And then on top of that. He rigged the family vehicle to just constantly pump carbon monoxide inside like as much as possible. He duct taped a, a plastic tube to the muffler and then put his two daughters, little Kaylee and Coy, the little performers, he put them in the car and just let them suffocate to death. That is so sad. Like, I... Those poor babies are probably fighting for their life. Like, why is daddy doing this? Like, where is mommy? Like, oh, so terrible. And after this, you know, Faith has two other children, two older kids. He forced them into the basement with Faith. And this is beyond cold-hearted. He shot them execution style right in front of her. So they died instantly right in front of Faith and she couldn't move. I know she was trying to break the zip ties and duct tape, trying her best to get out and save her babies. But she couldn't. She couldn't. She just had to sit there and watch and also wonder what's going on with her other two babies. And after, I saw an article that said after Coy and Kaylee suffocated to death, he placed them in their beds and just tucked them in like it was bedtime. Like, how sick is that? Ew. Who, what kind of sick human being does that? Ooh, the people we have in this world. He again called the police, waited for them on the porch, and told them exactly what he did again. And was arrested on the spot once again 
for the same type of crime, killing his family. This time, instead of trying to get the insanity plea, which, I mean, come on, you, sir, you know you ain't finna get that. You tried it one time. He pleaded guilty to second-degree murder, torture, and assault with intent to do great bodily harm and a list of other charges. This time, he shed some little crocodile tears and confessed to the crime in front of the court. I guess he thought the same thing would happen, you know, that happened last time. He'd get a lesser sentence because now he's showing, he's trying to show a little remorse. You know, the thing he lacked with the last crime, but mm-mm. And Faith had to get up, y'all, in the sentencing, keep her emotions at bay so she can get her words out. And she had to face her attacker and the murderer of her four beautiful, thriving kids and read a speech on her recommendation on his sentence. She said that he was a devil in disguise and she hopes he burns in hell. And Faith, honestly, baby, I'm with you. Because it's only one place for people like that. But, you know, I ain't got a heaven or hell to put nobody in. So, I'm going to just keep going. <clears throat> Faith also addressed her parents during her speech. And she said that her mother, she said her mother, like, She's been, even been having a hard time, like, talking, getting through the day. Her emotions are taking over. Like, she's crying constantly. And, of course, she is. Her baby girl was hurt. Her grandkids were murdered. And the father, she said that he suffered from a stroke just two weeks before. He's so stressed and hurt. And I'm sure feeling guilty. I know he feels guilty. I would. Trying to give somebody a second chance. Trying to do what he felt was right. And this man did the exact same thing that he felt, what that Fred Harris felt that he learned from. But no, he didn't. He did the exact same thing. Now, Judge Dana Hathaway sentenced Gregory Green to 47 to 102 years in prison. With the possibility of parole when he is 97, but Judge Dana Hathaway said that, I mean, basically, he would never get out of prison. So, my thing is, I guess she thinking, as long as I can help it, mm-mm. Even if he lived to 97, mm-mm, it's not happening. You staying locked up forever. Now, remember, Faith Harris, her two other babies were with another man, Chad and Allen Sr. So, of course, I had to look him up because... He had feelings too. And he said that he felt like he was hit by a truck when he found out about his children's stepfather. He said he had no idea this man killed his first wife. And I'm sure he went through guilt, blame, grief, every type of thing. He he found out about this man's past while grieving the loss of his two babies. That's that's just hit after hit after hit. He said, and then he was like, y'all, I wanted to cry again. I'm so sensitive. I'm like a, a water balloon. I'm, I cry. I'm going to leak tears in a minute. But he said, 
that he knows his babies were wishing and begging for him to be there to save them. He was like, I know my daughter. I know my son. They wanted me to be there. They they were wishing for me to be there to save them. Oh, it was so sad. Seeing that interview, it was terrible. Now, as far as the present day goes, of course, everybody is trying to go on with their life, trying to go through the grief. Faith, unfortunately, has to suffer from PTSD. And then her doctor said she suffers from short-term memory loss. Like, she's having a hard time even remembering who to send thank you notes to, to people that sent her donations and sent her, you know, their condolences. She's having a hard time remembering that. And she was like, doctors say it's because her brain is trying to protect her from the, the trauma she experienced. Which it does that, you know, our, the human body is a very complex thing and the brain is definitely complex and she suffers from migraines and nightmares and she said again doctor said she don't they don't think she'll be able to stand on her foot without being in pain so she has a constant physical physical memory of this whole horrible crime and then, like I said, she has a, a, a scar on her face from what happened, too. But she she does interviews. I don't know if she did any recently, but she does. She did some interviews, you know, sharing her story. And she's just trying to spread awareness. I believe they have actually a scholarship fund for, you know, un how do you say it? Um, they have a scholarship fund honoring her children. So she's trying to still continue to try to do great in the world. Um, I'm actually going to look up the scholarship fund for y'all. And I post it on my social media so y'all can look that up too. You know, click it, go through it, see what you want, you know, see about it. Um, Fred Harris, he's still preaching. He's still, still you know, pastor. Doing what he's called to do. Um, I don't know about the mother. As far as I know, she's still alive and, you know, living and trying to live on too. But, y'all, that is the story of Gregory Green, the man who killed six people, killed his family twice, and hopefully will never see the outside of prison bars again. Because now. He's he's a menace to society, and he's he's mm -mm, he don't need to be out here. But y'all, that's the case. I'll talk to y'all next time. Bye. Thank y'all for listening to me run my mouth about true crime. I hope you found this episode interesting. Please leave your reviews, and I hope most of them are positive. Go ahead and follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Crime Time with the Fine Dime. And baby, join my Facebook discussion group where I am heavily active on. Just search Crime Time with the Fine Dime. Y'all be safe out there because y'all know people can snap in a minute, child. Peace and love y'all. Later.